A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down, wherever you get your podcast. My name is Kenny, and I'm joined by the one and only Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this lovely, lovely Tuesday? Forgot what Tuesday, you that's the day. Yeah, I'm <laughs> all right, Kenny, not bad. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I feel like it's funny because when I was flying back from America last week, I think on the overnight flight that we had, I got about four hours sleep, which is very good for me. I can't usually sleep that long. But it's still it's funny when you go to America, I find that up for about for about a week afterwards you still are not a hundred percent in your sleep pattern yet. And you wake up just a little bit groggy. So but I'm kind of I can feel myself at the end of that now. So I'm I'm happy to be back and uh no long haul air travel in the near future. When that are you is. when are you going abroad next? Uh abroad next, I think I'm going to Amsterdam in December to see Madonna on December 2nd. That's an hour and a half flight. So the, but the next long, long, long haul one will probably be Philadelphia for WrestleMania next year. So Romania. So you'll be you'll be in the queue this Friday then. Well, you don't. There's no queues anymore. It's not like the old days. <laughs> you buying your tickets Friday. What a push there has been on TV. For WrestleMania first day ticket sales, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it used to be for years. It was November they went and sale. Now they go and sale in August. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think now with the two day thing, it's also much nicer. Because you, you know, you get the combo tickets where you can get a bit of a discount to do the two nights. And I mean, I can't imagine anybody who's going just buying a one night ticket. You know, you're gonna buy the two. You got both. Yeah. Of them, so because also you don't know what's going to be apart from Roman Reigns. 
being on night two as the headliner, you don't really know anything else. Um, you know, like, like, I'm sure last year, I want to say Ray and Dom was night one, which obviously was a big match. Um, so you know, they they did a, they're doing a good job of splitting it as well. So I think, yeah, I think it'll. I'm sure the tickets will go very quickly for that. Um, and maybe by then, Charlotte Flair will seem interested again in her job. <laughs> Well, well, we've got lots to talk about today. We are going to cover a man who decided to go a bit off script after Collision on Saturday and cover Raw. But before that, let's cover SmackDown from this past Friday. Um, obviously, there's going to be the fallout from the Bloodline at SummerSlam. Uh, but we opened the show with Asuka versus Charlotte. Um, and they had a match here that was not great. And it ended with you. We, we got damage control coming out. And EO Sky ended up doing this superb springboard drop kick that hit both of the women and uh, caused a DQ. We got uh, damage control beating up Asuka. Um, Dakota Kai is there, but she's obviously not doing anything physical because she's not anywhere near being cleared. But um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I don't want to get, I'm not giving anything away here, Finn, prefacing this, but it's very difficult for me to talk about Charlotte and to talk about. Ask it without referencing anything of your review of SummerSlam. So I'm going to stay quiet now. I'm going to just pass it <laughs> over to you and, and ask what you thought of this uh, SmackDown match. Well, I mean, it was it was marginally better than what we've seen from Charlotte Flair and Asuka recently. But you know, as we as you know, we've used this phrase many times, low bar. Um, yep. But I mean, I think you know what really summed up just how you know, I guess mediocre this match was. Was EO Sky, EO Sky, not EO Shirai, EO Sky's <laughs> amazing springboard double drop kick onto Flair and Asuka at the end, which was better than anything that happened in the match. So I assume from this beatdown afterwards, by of Flair and Asuka by damage control, that this is going to lead to a tag team match. I hope so. Yeah, you would imagine so. That's. I mean, we don't need to see Charlotte versus Asuka again, do we? No, I know it's funny. I mean, I, again, I'm not stealing from the mag, but you know, our pal Sandra, who we do retro uh, pay per views with, her, uh, her 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 column this month is on uh, a sort of fantasy book interview. She'd love to see Charlotte Flair versus Randy Orton if they did intergender wrestling, right? Because she likes intergender wrestling. She talks about that. And part of the article is her kind of talking about Charlotte and her recent returns and all the stuff that we've talked about in the podcast. And I just don't know what new way there is for us to say that she kind of brings down everything that she's in because she doesn't seem interested. Um, she, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go on record and say I truly believe that Charlotte Flair is one of the top 10 worst baby faces I've ever seen. I think she's so bad at, at the role. And, um, and it's a shame. I, I don't know how... I, don't know how but I, I mean, I did want to ask you about, you know... Wait, Kenny, can I just stop you there? Uh-huh. Hold that thought. Do you think this is a protest by Charlotte Flair? Protest. Do you think by being rubbish in this role, she's basically communicating the message to her superiors, you need to turn me heel again? Do you think this is what her master plan is? I mean, it could be, but do, don't you think she's got enough clout to sort of say, I want to be a heel if she wanted to be one? Well, you would think so. It feels like she... I mean, maybe... It, I mean... Because I mean, I, I thought initially you were going to say, "Don't you think she's staged a protest so she can jump ship?" And I, the answer to that ah. is no. 
No, no, it's not. <laughs> no chance. What? We want to be in a, a midway four way, but um, yeah, I think it's um, it's it's just a shame because she is so talented and um, yeah, it's it's tough because she's obviously given all she's given one of the big roles all the time. Yeah, and I was thinking today about you know the WrestleMania tickets going on sale, and I was thinking about you know what what I might want to see next year, and one of the matches that popped into my mind was Rhea Ripley defending the uh, women's world title against Becky Lynch. I quite like to see that match. And that could be a good program on Raw. And then I just thought, I really hope Charlotte's not involved in the SmackDown one. That's my only hope because I'm just, I've just kind of had enough. Um, and, you know, she's probably going to bugger off again in a month, <laughs> three months, and then she'll be back. And will she seem more disinterested next time than she does this time, which is less interested than she was last time. Um, I feel like we're we're just. I don't. What's the what's the outcome here, Finn? What's the what do you think is going to be? What's going to happen with Charlotte Flair in the next twelve months? Do you think it's going to get better? Um, I mean, I think it will because how can it get worse? Um, it has to get better. I mean, I mean, maybe I don't know. Can anyone speak to her about this? You know. Slightly, you just need to get her in the office and say, you know, we've noticed there's been a huge decline in your performance level since you returned. What can we do to inspire you? You know, what do you want out of your career at this point? You know, you've been doing this a long time. You've done basically everything. I mean, apart from surpassing your father's, you know, record, you know, what else can we offer you? Um, I mean... Yeah, I mean, they need to they need to have a word. They need to come up with a plan for her because this isn't working for anyone, is it? It's not working for us, the, the viewers. It's not working for the company. It's not working for her opponents. I mean, it's not really... I mean, I guess Charlotte Flair and Asuka versus Damage Control with Flair and Asuka as the reluctant partners is something slightly different to what she's been doing. So that might be more interesting than what we've seen from her lately. But I mean, it's hardly, you know, blowing our socks off, is it? So I just think, yeah, conversation needs to be had. A sit down needs to occur and they need to work out what Charlotte wants and, you know, try and reach a compromise. So she becomes productive again for herself and for the people around her. Yeah. Our socks are stationary. Nothing <laughs> has happened to them in a long time. That's it. <laughs> I don't think I've used that phrase before on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on. Um, so we then had a uh, carrying cross taking on AJ Styles. Um, it's funny because before I'd watched this match, I'd obviously saw the kind of the Twitter gif or, or the short video of the the spot where Cross tries to do a moonsault um, to reverse it in a DDT, but then. Uh, is it Cross that's doing the moonsault? No, no, it was AJ, AJ. tries to do his uh, moonsault into the inverted DDT and it goes to hell. Yes. And so that happens. But I mean, I have got, I've got to say, I was expecting the worst for this match and it was better than I thought it was going to be. But the highlight of the match for me was Mishin pulling Scarlet off the ring apron and throwing her over the announce table. <laughs> that was the highlight. <laughs> it didn't involve AJ or Carrie. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, this was their best match to date. Probably Cross's best match on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's not saying a whole lot, but it, I mean, it was almost as if the audience, I mean, the audience in, you know, in, in Calgary they were in, weren't they? 
Oh, yeah. yes, they were in Calgary. The audience in Calgary were into most of what was presented on SmackDown last Friday. And um, yeah, they really they did get into this match, which is always helpful. Um, it was a bit of a mess on the um, moonsault into the inverted DDT. I mean, you just don't see ordinarily mistakes like that in AJ Styles matches. And Cross has been doing this for a long time. And these two have been working together for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. We know this. So very odd that that would happen. Um, but in the end, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some interaction at ringside between Scarlett and uh, Michin and Michin threw uh, Scarlett over the desk and she took a really good bump. And in the end, Styles hit the Styles Clash for the one, two, three. And I was elated, Kenny, because I thought to myself, that's it. This feud is finally over. Please. I mean, it's got to be. That's got to be it now, right? Surely. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine there's anywhere else to go from, from there. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you mentioned recently on a podcast that there hasn't been any cuts this year. You know, that there's not really been any any releases. No. If I'm carrying cross, I don't want that phone to ring for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's it sorry I dropped my, dropped my phone down the toilet sorry you couldn't contact me <laughs> um, so then we had an unannounced uh, appearance by Edge and he came out to talk about next week's show well uh, this Friday's show as we record this uh, which is going to be in, in Toronto it's yeah. going to be his 25th anniversary in WWE and he talks about he wants to face a guy he's never faced before in WWE and that's Sheamus and uh, he kind of Gives us this kind of elaborate story of, you know, being on Seamus's YouTube channel and kind of going, you know, flying off a, a mountain bike and getting up and the idea of, well, people are going to think, if you can do that, why can't you wrestle? And that was the, the thing that got his mind thinking. So he brings Seamus out and then Seamus says, well, you were also a guy where in WWE were in, were in Dublin. Uh, they were in a club that I was a bouncer at and nobody would give me the time of day, but you did and you gave me this advice and I wouldn't be here with, without you. So it set up this big match this Friday. Um, and I should just add, before I ask what you think, that Ron Hutchison, who's Edge's trainer, seems to believe that, that this Friday is going to be Edge's final WWE match um, because he wanted to retire in Toronto. So I don't know if that's true, but what did you make of this segment to set up the, the 25th anniversary match? Um, I mean, it was it was all very pleasant. Um you know, you're out there as a mutual appreciation society, which is something you don't see often in pro wrestling. Um, I mean, you'll see versions of it like MGF and Adam Cole. I think we know that that's not going to have a happy ending. Um, but I mean, with Edge and Sheamus, I think it probably will be quite an emotional experience for them this Friday, especially if this really is Edge's last match. Be interesting to see who wins and who loses. I mean, it doesn't really matter if Sheamus loses because he's obviously a veteran, been doing this forever, and it doesn't matter if he loses all his matches from now on. As long as they're long and competitive matches, he's not going to lose any steam as a result. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a nice little segment, wasn't it? A nice little setup. Um. So in some ways, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to the match, but in other ways. I think I would have preferred it to be a, like a really sort of nasty sort of feud ending culmination of a feud and Edge losing to someone in their 20s or early 30s and really yeah. putting someone over on the way out. I mean, that's what I would have really preferred rather than this, you know, match between pals. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm not, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing the back of Edge 
Still haven't forgiven him from defeating Finn Balor at WrestleMania. <laughs> I know that wasn't his choice and that somebody else booked the match, but I still really feel like that was a huge mistake. Um, and um, yeah, it's, I think he could have done more on the way out than he has. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, um, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the segment. I think in terms of Edge going out, I, I think in an ideal world, him working with somebody young, like you say, would be great. But I think the majority of times he's been in feuds, they've not really been as good as we thought they were going to be. No. That's kind of been the theme of his of his run. So in some ways, if you know, at least at least here there was something to kind of sink her teeth into. There was some real history there in a couple of different ways, which you can't really manufacture. So if I mean if Edge is happy enough to go out in Toronto on his twenty fifth anniversary and have, you know, the last half hour of SmackDown and do it right. I think that'd be great. I'm not convinced that's what it's going to be because it's very, you know, wrestlers find it very difficult to retire. Um, and I mean, Shawn Michaels would have been on that great list had he not taken the money in 2018 <laughs> and, and arguably one of the worst comebacks. Well, and, it, and he was the best part for this, another story. But um, yeah, I think, I think the match should be good. I think Sheamus will want to give Edge a good match. Um, do you think, I mean, what do you think? Do you, what do you think the chances are of this being Edge's way to go out? Um, I mean, it would not surprise me because, I mean, he's not going to win the title again. I can't imagine, who else is there for him to wrestle? He's faced basically everyone. Um, so, I mean, what what is the left for him? Um you know, he doesn't seem to be interested in working. Like, he could have done a programme with Grayson Waller. I mean, I think it was probably too soon for, for Waller to defeat someone like Edge, but he could have done that. And instead, he just beat him in a match. But, I mean, if he was interested in in doing that, then he would have, I think, approached management months and months and months ago and come up with some sort of plan for a feud that culminated, you know, this Friday in Toronto on SmackDown. And instead, we've got this... Sort of almost like a almost like a little sort of nostal- nostalgia match, um, but yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, and the thing is, like, if you let's just say he makes another comeback again, it's not going to be as big as the comeback in twenty twenty at Raw Rumble. It, it can't be. He's he's not going to be able to achieve the heights that he did with Seth Rollins or against Roman Reigns. So I mean, everything I think is going to feel like a step down from what he's already done. So it would not surprise me if his match this Friday with Sheamus was his last. I mean, I hope it is. Yeah, and I think also there's, there's something to be said for going out unannounced as your last match and kind of having it be this kind of <clears throat> semi-surprise to the people who are in Toronto. Um, yeah. I, I prefer that in the big kind of... You know, we've seen the song and dance before. Um, and yeah, I, I, I hope it is his last match and that they, they're able to... Tear it up in Toronto. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sure they will. We should mention that Austin Theory, who was meant to face Santos Escobar, attacked Escobar backstage. Escobar yeah. was then cleared, but then as <clears throat> Escobar was coming out for the match, Theory attacked him again and injured the leg. Um, and this ended up with uh, Adam Pierce coming out, and he ended up um, putting Rey Mysterio into the match um, with Escobar's permission. <clears throat> um, and that led us to Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar for the US title, where Rey Mysterio wins the United States Championship. And um, I saw a very funny tweet from that said, it's funny how when they're looking for the new Rey Mysterio, the new Rey Mysterio always ends up being Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I do mean, you make of this? 
How hot was this match? It was so hot. Fans were so into it. And had Escobar been in there against Theory, it wouldn't have been as good as this, wouldn't have been as well received as this was. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, this was this was the best thing Theory's done in a very long time. And even though he lost, I just thought he looked tremendous here. I thought Mysterio looked as good as he has in many, many years. And uh, it was this unexpected surprise that Mysterio became champ. So it was like, wow. You know, I hadn't read the results before I watched SmackDown. I only watched SmackDown this morning, Tuesday. So I didn't know that Mysterio had, had won the bell. And I was like, yeah, pleasantly surprised by the ending. So, yeah, I thought it was really good. What do you think, Kelly? Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was exciting. It kind of sets up the inevitable, you know, Santos Escobar turning on Rey Mysterio. Yeah. You can do it. Because, I mean, Santos, when you're Rey Mysterio's pal, you're never going to, you know, you're never going to surpass Rey. It's never, it's never going to happen. So I think that that's probably the way to go. And yeah, Theory, at least in his kind of defeat and losing the title, he was able to play his role really well. So that'll be what's, you know, remembered by the company, I'm sure, that he played ball and uh, made Ray look as good as possible. And by yeah. then, kind of let him beat up Santos, it kind of gave Theory something in defeat as well. So Yeah, and with it being like this sub, you know, this unexpected opponent, Theory's got an excuse... Yeah. And I think really him losing the US title was a good thing because, you know, whenever we just think of Austin Theory as US champion, we're just reminded of the Cena feud, aren't we? And like, it's he's never been able to escape that shadow. He just hasn't. And um, so anyway, now he's an ex-US champ. And maybe you can move on from, from the Cena feud. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One can only hope. And um, it was SmackDown was all about the main event segment, and it was all about what was going to happen with the bloodline. So we had Roman, uh, Solo, and Heyman coming out. Roman's asking Heyman where Jimmy was. Heyman said he was salty with him, but then Jimmy turns up at ringside. Roman sort of is ready to give Jimmy the world. He said, What do you want? Do you want a car? Do you want a yacht? And Jimmy said, I want nothing from you. And Roman reminded him of who he is. He said, You know, now you can be main event Jimmy Uso. And then Jay comes out to interrupt and sort of tells Jimmy, you know, why you th- you're about to throw away 37 years unless you explain yourself. And Jimmy's explanation was that he didn't want Jay to win and become the tribal chief because then he would become an asshole just like Roman Reigns. And he would become like Roman. He would become this evil dictator. And uh, Jimmy wouldn't be able to live with himself if he let that happen. And that's why he did it. He understands if Jay needs to take his frustration out on Jimmy. 
we've got Roman tackling in the corner fin like a high school bully. Yes. Just hamming it up. And uh, then uh, Jay ends up uh, kicking Roman in the face. Then they start fighting back and forth. Uh, Jay ends up getting the better of both Roman and Solo. And then he invites Jimmy back uh, from the ramp, pretending it's going to be for a hug, hits him with a super kick, and then says to the camera, I'm out of the bloodline, I'm out of SmackDown, and I'm out of WWE. Uh, Uso's out or, Uso out or something like that, he said. But, um, and he leaves to kind of close the show. So that was the development. Rumours that this is maybe going to be a little bit of a bloodline break for a little while. What did you make of... This was a pretty... I think this was one of the more important follow-ups to a PLE that they've had. The bloodline so how do you think they did in terms of getting people to remain interested in the story um i mean i, I know some people were not were not convinced by it um because i think there's you know some resentment over the way in which the SummerSlam match ended but i mean if you think about it deeply it really had to end that way because reigns couldn't lose the championship at SummerSlam because that would have disrupted or interrupted or torpedoed the long-term plan so they couldn't do that and they had to find a way around it and this was it with Jimmy turning on Jay um I mean I I I thought it was okay and uh, I thought it was actually a good start as an explanation um and it's what happens next I think that's important because they've removed Jay WWE has removed Jay from its active roster on the website hasn't it WWE has Yes, he's been put in the alumni section. He's right there beside Jeff Hardy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, the last thing we want is what happened in 2011 when CM Punk left and came back eight days later, left it after winning the belt money in the bank and then wasn't on Raw the next night where they, you know, created another title, uh, which Cena won, of course. Um, and then Punk returned the following Monday. And it's like, You know, you had this perfect golden opportunity here to do something really special and you'd just blown it because you're so impatient. So I I hope they're not going to make the same mistake here and have Jay return like next week or the week after. He needs to be, he needs to disappear for a while. And hopefully, you know, they will strike a deal with other companies for him to appear for them. I think that would work great. Can't imagine that he'll be turning up in MLW, Kenny. <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask you about this, though, because obviously now that Vince isn't totally in charge, yeah. where could you see Triple H sending Jay? Well, Impact, I'm sure, would take him. I'm sure they'd love to use him on one of their shows. And you've got you've, you've kind of got the story built in, right, of kind of Trinity could bring him in because yeah. she's family. yeah. Not the, not the worst, you know, if they can do that and have Trinity kind of feel like WWE is trying to do something to help her as well. That be that could get get her back in the future. So, yeah. absolutely. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, there's loads of companies out there that would be willing to feature him on their shows. He doesn't have to do a match. He can just do a run in or or whatever. And um, I mean, they need to do that. That's really important this time. Um, so I mean, I mean, TNA actually did something like this with AJ Styles in twenty. Oh, would it be twenty thirteen? I think it was. Yeah, because he left. AJ. He left early twenty fourteen. Yeah, when when AJ went rogue and he disappeared and he turned up in other companies, mm-hmm. and because it's it was TNA and it's not as big and but he did wrestle for other companies. He did make appearances for other companies, so I thought that worked well. 
but yeah, I, I thought he did quite. I thought I thought he played pretty well actually. I thought he did, and it made sense that uh, Jimmy would. Well, I suppose it kind of didn't. It sort of <laughs> makes sense, didn't it? On some levels, you know, I did what I did at SummerSlam, Jay, because I love you. That's what Jimmy told him. You know, had Jay beaten Ray, he would have become the tribal chief, and in doing so, he would have inherited some kind of power that would have made him like Reigns. You know, what would have happened to the tag team? Jimmy told him, I was afraid to lose you. You would have been corrupted. Uh, you would have turned into an egotistical, lying asshole. That's the damn truth. Um, you know, and then, you know, he kind of surrendered himself to Jay and said, listen, if you want to lay me out, you can. I'm standing right here. And Jay at first didn't seem like he was going to and then did do at the end of the show before he said, you know, I'm out of the bloodline, I'm out of SmackDown, I'm out of WWE. And then he, you know, walked through the crowd as fans chanted, J, 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 J. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought, I thought, it was okay. I thought it was okay. Um, but it's what happens next that's going to sell this. And um, I, think, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll do it right this time. Because I mean, there's, there's a lot invested in this, as we know. Clearly, this bloodline thing, they don't want to wrap it up yet because there's mileage left in it. Um, so we'll see what happens next, Kenny. But, I mean, it's important that they do what we've just suggested, which is sell this thing properly that Jay really has left. Yeah, and I think the um, it'll be interesting to see if they're taking a break from the bloodline stuff. You know, is, is Jimmy, are Jimmy, Solo and Heyman going to be around without Roman? You know, how's it going to, how's it going to play out in the next next few weeks and months so because we did see after Wrestlemania that you know for a month it was kind of they were half in with it because Roman wasn't there so I'm just kind of curious to see how it's going to be handled and there's a lot of other people on the roster who aren't really getting featured at the moment so you know Lashley and the Street Profits were on this show Maybe they'll get more more of a chance to step up while the bloodline are kind of away for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, earlier in the program, uh, Bobby Lashley was with the Street Profits, and uh, Lashley said, "Seems like SmackDown's ready for some new blood to run this place." And then uh, Dawkins, Angela Dawkins said, "They better fall in line." And then they toasted their new faction. So um, you know, really good move for the Street Profits to be associated with Bobby Lashley, who's had a great summer. Like MGF, <laughs> yeah, he's like MGF. He's had he's had the best summer of anyone. He's at when was the last time Bobby Lashley had a match? It's ages ago, isn't it? Yeah, well, he, he wasn't. Remember, he was famously not on WrestleMania because he won the Battle Royal on SmackDown before it. Yeah, and he's kind of yeah, he's had a quiet, quiet summer. I mean, look, good gig if you can get it. You know, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I will say um, <laughs> now I I don't drink red wine myself. It's never been something that I've enjoyed but i've got to say that the color of the red wine they were drinking was abysmal it was so bad it was like ribena um, in a glass you're like can you not just give them a real red wine let them take one sip i mean yeah you can get a cheap bottle of plonk can't you for yeah. like you know i don't know how much in america but it's not that expensive is it it's cheap like bottle. eight dollars or something for a, you know oh, yeah. That's a, you know, make, make it into a rib, get a terrible bottle of red wine and make them have to sip it and pretend it's like, you know, top notch stuff. I mean, um, these guys are supposed to, I mean, they're wearing the flash, the nice suits, you know, the dripping in gold, you know, not tag team belts, but, you know, jewelry, you know, that this is a big budget outfit, 
You know, there should have been a bottle of Cristal there, Kenny. Yeah, exactly. But um, we'll let we'll let them away with it this time. Um, now our next conversation is going to depend on whether we co- we cover Raw on Power Slam on Thursday or today. We do need. To, I I feel like we can't wait and talk about it on Thursday because it's such a big topic. We do need to talk about CM Punk Finn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this past Saturday, on Collision, we had the six man tag with CM Punk and FTR against House of Black. It's always I always like when Finn's laughing at the mere mention of the topic. I always know you're going to get something good. Um, so they they lose the match to House of Black. Show goes off the air, and from what I'm led to believe, from all the stories and all the kind of people who are reporting on it and the angles, is that there was a sign in the crowd that said like Hangman Country or something because they were in green. Yes, it was. Yeah, definitely was. So and Punk took a reaction to the sign now. What Punk's people are saying is that he was trying to do something comedic and it backfired. He basically said that a hangman Adam Page couldn't sell any merch. Is, is, hey, I've got the text for you here, okay. Kenny. This is what he said on the mic after the show. Okay. Earlier today, I went to a local supermarket and I figured out why they call him Hangman. Is <laughs> because the pegs in the toy are full of hangman action figures. Because nobody wants to buy him. Oh. Uh, he then said he's a peg warmer, unlike me, who moves merchandise and pops ratings and sells toys. So he says he says all that. And the fan, we should mention the fans boo this, by the way, because obviously yeah. like, they, they like Hangman Page. They're in Greensboro, North Carolina, by the way. Yeah, so, you know, it is Hangman Country. You know, I, I don't think he's from there, but, you know, he's... Is he from... Is he supposed to be from Virginia? I think he is. Yes, he's supposed to be from Adams Creek, Virginia. So, um, you know, not not quite in Greensboro, but, you know, it's from this from a southern state. So, you know, southern states like to stick together. So, um, he he makes this whole speech. People boo, and initially, I think I because I, I saw it on Sunday morning. I'd hoped maybe it's an angle, and that's why they're doing it. And then I was kind of brought down to reality. Of, well. If this was an angle, it would be on the TV show. It wouldn't be off air. So Paige apparently was not involved. Now, to make when when things get even stranger, is that Paige had been flown to Collision. Then he was asked to not come to the building and to go to a separate place to film a pre-tape for Dynamite tomorrow. Then we find out that uh, Punk has texted Paige personally to apologise for what happened. But then, as things get bigger, we find out that in the last few weeks, uh, Punk had a run-in with Ryan Nemeth, uh, oh, he, right. which was about when Ryan Nemeth, when the Sports Illustrated article had come out that Punk had had, and Nemeth like, retweeted it going, softest guy alive, or something like that. Something about me is soft. So Punk had confronted him and said, have you got a problem with me? And kind of had his, he was in his face. And Nemeth took it outside with him, and they had a discussion. And apparently, they, they did shake hands, but there was obviously... It was tense. They hadn't really... We weren't pals after that. But, I mean, what a thing to do. I mean, why retweet that? Yeah, if you're if you're Nemeth, especially, because if you're Nemeth, you don't you're have the power. You're expendable, aren't you? You're expendable. Yeah, so, you know, there's no more AEW Dark. There's no more ele- Elevation. Uh, whether, whether you're right or wrong, whether he is soft or not, it's not really the point. It's more to do with to play the game properly. Yeah. So Nemeth, is, Nemeth then was supposed to return to TV at this collision taping and was told not to come. Matt Hardy in recent weeks has been told has has flown to a collision and been told not to come to the building. 
Matt Hardy yesterday liked a couple of tweets which basically said CM Punk is soft. So <laughs> we assume that he thinks that he's not been invited because of Punk. Christopher Daniels, who is the head of talent relations, had been at some collisions, but was now is now told he can't be. Which some people are kind of saying is that to do with you know Ace Steel's not allowed to be at TV, but Daniels is, and Daniels was one of the people on the periphery of the brawl in September. So all this stuff's coming up, and it's not a good look for CM Punk whatsoever. What do you think of all this? I mean, I don't know what to make of any of it. I mean, it's just ridiculous that we're already at this point where we've got problems again. Um, So, I mean, as far as CM Punk goes, I don't really know what to think about that because I tried to have some good thoughts about this, that he was going to come back and integrate and get along with everyone and do business and be professional, and that's just unraveled. So I don't really know what to think about that. What I do know, I do the, the thing I do know is that this is Tony Khan being weak again. He's not a leader. He is not a manager. He is not a boss. He's just coming across as a guy who's just totally in over his head. So it's up to Tony Khan to sort this one out. I mean, but there again, you know, he just re-signed the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and Hangman. And, you know, apparently that was, you know, there was no agreement from them when they re-signed to sort things out with Punk and do this feud that really needs to happen because people want to see it. And, you know, so that's obviously not been resolved, but it should have been, you know, when you came to that crunch point where you're going to re-sign these four people to huge money contracts, you know, that are really light schedules, you know, great gigs for them. You need to come across as a boss, as a leader. You can't be their pal. You've got to say, right, we need to sort this out. You know, we need to have this sit down in order for me to sign you to these big contracts. And it just seems to me like he's just sidestepped that totally again because it was going to be a very difficult conversation that he would rather not have. And the upshot of it all is this aggro. Yeah, the aggro. This absurdity of Christopher Daniels, you know, having to, you know, being allowed to appear at a collision event. I mean, who's running this promotion? I tell you, CM Punk. Because I read something that I, I, I can't, I almost can't believe it's true. So I should mention, you know, that when the Elite resigned, apparently there was an agreement that Punk and Omega and the Bucks are not allowed to say anything about each other. That is a, an agreement that's there. But for whatever reason, they didn't think to add Paige into that group, which was mistake number one. But apparently when Punk returned in June, that as he was walking through gorilla position, Tony Khan jumped up and started chanting CM Punk as he walked past to go out and do his thing. And you're like, can you imagine Vince McMahon getting up at a gorilla and jumping up and down and chanting for somebody? Even Roman, even Cena back in the day when Cena was, you know, Vince's crush or whatever it was. Main man, the main man, wasn't he? Would Vince be not going, Cena, Cena, Cena? Of course he wouldn't. Yeah. Like it's just it's insane, and then, but then if you if you if if people perceive you to be that way, then there's a reputation that comes with that. And Punk, obviously, re, re, what I've learned from working with wrestlers, and I've for the most part had very good experiences with wrestlers, but wrestlers can smell a fanboy a million miles away. 
They certainly can. And you can, I have seen it in action. I have seen wrestlers see somebody who they know they could either, you know, have a bit of a, a, a rib to, or they can uh, use or whatever. Like I've seen it. It happens. So when you're the lead, when you're the boss of the company and you've kind of created this show and quite clearly now there has been no resolution to anything. No. Um, I mean, cause I don't, I don't know what happened with the Matt Hardy thing or the, why he's not allowed at collision. Maybe they, maybe they had words. I don't know. But Christopher Daniels, if he's the head of talent relations, surely to God, you know, you say, look, I'm not, not bringing my head of talent relations to the show. You must go over it. Yeah. But, well, yeah, you just say to him, this is the way it is. I'm in charge here. He's going to be at this show, right? And you are going to accept this. You are going to agree with this. You are going to respect this. And if you're not, you can go home right now, today, goodbye. And I'm not paying you. But he's now put himself in a position where he feels, whether it's rightly or wrongly, Tony Khan feels like Collision needs CM Punk. So he's now willing to bend over backwards in any way for CM Punk. And it's, it's crazy. Just, it's crazy, it's, but it's dangerous. I mean, it is. That's it. And as you know, as you were saying before, you know, if, if you know, if you act like a mark, then wrestlers will treat you like one. It's that simple. That's the yeah. way it works. You know, it's still, even though it's a lot nicer than it used to be wrestling, it's still a bit of a dog eat dog business. And, and see, um, see if you see if Tony can sorry to interrupt you, see if Tony can is not someone who feels like he is the, is the person to have those difficult conversations, you hire someone who will. That's it. And Get Christopher Daniels to have those difficult conversations. <laughs> yeah. not, yeah. In all seriousness, he is the one who should be having those conversations. Well, it's, it's like Jim Ross had said, there was a, I don't know if you remember this, that Jim Ross had said not long after the, the all-out brawl last year, and he said, if that was my dressing room, if I was in charge, as soon as that press conference had finished, everyone would be in a room we'd be hashing out. Yeah. That would have been the way that it works. And I'm sure that Jim Ross, I get the vibe sometimes, I don't know if you ever get this, they kind of think, oh, just silly old JR. Well, that's kind of what you think of him. And in, in commentary, I understand that might be what you think, but like the guy has so much experience in talent relations. Why would you not have used him at some point to help bridge the gap a bit? But they haven't. They didn't. Yeah. So, well, well, there's, there's, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be a will to do that. It's, just, I mean, that is it. And that begins at the top. And you've got to have that discipline and there's got to be rules and boundaries. You know, it's just that simple. I mean, we went over this last year again and again. Um, and, um, you know, it's just like, this should have been resolved before Punk was ever allowed to return. I mean, I've said this before. I don't want to waste too much time going over it again because what's the point? It hasn't been. It doesn't look like it's going to be. And now we have this, you know, um, power imbalance between a talent and the guy who's supposed to be the boss. And um, he seems like he's, you know, just unwilling to even, you know, to address this. Um you know, no one said being the boss was easy. It isn't. You know, you've got to make difficult decisions and you can't be everyone's friend. You know, it's that simple. You know, ask anybody who worked for Power Slab how, how I was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, you know, I I you know, I I was in charge of that magazine and, and that was that was that. And I did what I felt was right. And um, 
you know, some of the things I did, you know, I regret, you know, but I would say the majority of things I did, I would probably do again. Um, but I was very much in charge of that magazine and everyone knew it. And Tony Khan is supposed to be the boss of AEW and he should be the one who is saying who who does and does not appear at shows, not CM Punk. Um, because, you know, that's a loss of control and it's a loss of respect. Do you do you foresee after this situation? I mean, I get. I guess you know, Punk has tra- has, has attempted to apologise to Adam Page with a text. We don't know how that's going to be received. I mean, we can guess. But do you think that this? Do you think this is the last incident, or are we going to have more? And do you does, do you think this means that, that CM Punk's long term AEW future is probably not going to be that rosy? I, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure what's going to happen next. Um... I mean, an apology by text is, I mean, it's something, I suppose. It's a start, um, but it's, compared. when you think of what he did, and it was like a trending topic on Twitter, everyone was sharing video footage of what Punk, sorry, what Punk said about Page after collision. And, um, you know, he really did belittle Page there. He just did. And... Uh, you can say, well, he's just acting like a heel, but he wasn't really, was he? He was trying to get one over on him. He was making him look foolish. So um, I thought, was this an attempt to try and restart the conversation about these matches that we've been told are never going to happen? Are they now going to happen? Uh-huh. Uh, um, apparently not. He went into business for himself, and that's not the plan. So you think about it, it's like, well, you've just set everything back months, haven't you? You've just opened wounds that were beginning to heal with this ridiculous kind of teenage, you know, behaviour. I mean, just, you know, emotionally kind of immature, really, that Punk would say those things, wasn't it? You know, can you imagine, right? Let's just turn the tables here, Kenny. Can you imagine if Adam Page or a member of the elite had done something like this to Punk? and behaved like this after Sean said something derogatory about Punk in front of a crowd in Chicago? Can you imagine what Punk's reaction would have been? I don't think he would have been okay with a text apology. I don't think he would have been either. So, but I mean, if there's no discipline and the boss isn't telling Punk, you can't do that, this is a big problem, do not do this again, or we're going to, you can't work here anymore, or however he wants to phrase it, if you've got that power imbalance where basically the talent is telling the boss what to do, then things like this could conceivably happen again and again. And it's just going to create tension in the locker room. All this nonsense with Christopher Daniels, head of talent relations, not being allowed to be there. I mean, that is preposterous. Pathetic is the word I would use to describe it. So he should have been there. He should be the one who's telling Punk what to do, not vice versa. So, you know... Tony Khan, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know, what more can I say? You know, oh, Tony Khan needs to do this. Well, I've said it. Is he going to do it? I don't think so. I would like to believe that he would grow a backbone and become the leader that this company needs, but it hasn't happened yet. And um, I want to believe that he's going to become the guy that he needs to be to run this company in the way it needs to be run if it's going to reach its full potential. I want to believe that, but... We haven't seen much evidence of it yet, Kenny. 
No. The one thing I will say is that Punk, according to reports, uh, he has 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 genuinely said he had nothing to do with Hangman and Page being told to not come to the building, and that could be a Tony Khan decision of just not wanting them in the same place. Um, but again, that's part of the problem. You kind of need to, especially if I mean the thing if you're Tony Khan is you've got all these guys to sign for mil between the uh, how many five of them, the Elite Page and Punk. You're talking at least ten million dollars, at least between all of them, for, for a part-time schedule as well. Yeah, for a part-time schedule. But it should when you're re-signing the elite and you're sort of signing punk, it should be like, look, you'd all being paid enough money. It's like imagine if I worked in Tesco and I'd had a fight on a night out with somebody, on and, and <laughs> I said I refuse to be on a shift with Finley. Yeah. Well, you can so we've got off. Ketuk, which, what, what are you? Are you on the tills, Kenny? Are you on the I'm on the tills, right? I'm in the stock room, right? Yeah, you can't be on the shop floor, not at the same time as me. You know, it's like, it's insane. Um, it's it's just, well, you, you, can't be, you can't be replenishing the, stels, the shelves while I'm behind the till. We can't have that. <laughs> oh, God. It's just... just Tell them all they need to grow up and accept that they work in the same company. And if, and if somebody does, if Punk, after Punk said that thing to Paige, Tony Khan should have said, look, I understand it's an accident, but I need to fine you $10,000. There needs yeah. to be a consequence. There needs to be something for me to let you know that's not acceptable. And if Punk yeah. was is a man of his word and said it would, wasn't a mistake, he goes, you know what? That was my, my attempt at humour. It didn't work. I'll take the fine. But I'm I'm willing to bet that's not that conversation's not going to happen. So yeah, or you could just say to Paige, listen, you know, I'll I'll pay, I'll put you name the charity, ten, and I'll you know I'll pay that charity ten grand today, you yeah. know, whatever, something like that. You know, there should be some sort of punishment, um, you know, to let people know that he had overstepped the mark, you know, gone into business for himself, however you want to phrase it. You know, and there was consequences for it. Then he, you know, he needs to be Tony Khan needs to be seen to be imposing law and order, doesn't he? And you know, running a tight ship. You know, Vince McMahon had never put up with this, and everyone in the locker room knows not to do anything like this because they they know there would be consequences. And when there's rules and boundaries, you know, it's like rules and boundaries just in life, isn't it? You need them. You know, just so that things run smoothly and we all get along, or at least we try to. Yeah, you do. There's actually there's a very funny Scottish phrase that applies here. Um, that says, you know, I run a tight ship, not a shite tip, and that's what Tony <laughs> Khan needs to realise. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. There you go, a new one. Um, but yeah, anyway, listen. That's. I mean, the other thing that's a shame is we're 12 days away from all in at Wembley Stadium, and now. This is going to be the conversation for yeah. the next week and a half. Now, they're all going to be in the same building next Wednesday for the go-home Dynamite and Collision that's on the same night. And then they're all going to be together at Wembley. They're all going to be together in Chicago the following weekend. So, you know, they're, good. they're all going to be in the same buildings. Um, but, yeah. I think, I, the thing is, I think had Punk come back and just not mentioned any of them and just did his own thing, I think he probably would have eventually got a program out of them. They would have probably eventually come round because time heals yeah. all wounds. But seeing I mean, this, he took he took some shots at the at the young box, didn't he? And he's 
in his return promo on the first collision. I mean, I know it's kind of, they weren't, you know, really snide, but there was a, you know, I guess you could say it was playful and maybe it didn't cause offence, but it was like sort of set the tone. It's like, mm, right, well, yeah. and in, in, a, in a way it was like, it's the wrong thing because you're teasing a match that apparently isn't going to happen. So don't tease a match that isn't going to happen. Only do it if it is going to happen. And I get, I get the punk, Punk's old school, so he just thinks, well, there's money to be made here, but they, they don't feel that way. So, you know, yeah. it's, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I, the, the the conversation will continue. So um, what we'll do is we'll talk about Raw on Thursday on Power Slam, and we'll see if there's any news coming out of uh, Dynamite as well. Um, and we'll have news and other stuff going on. So, yeah, we uh, look forward to talking to you then. You can pre-order issue 36 of Inside the Ropes magazine, Betrayal, Jey Uso on the cover. He has been betrayed by his own flesh and blood, his own brother at SummerSlam. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a pretty stacked issue. There's, there's the your, your big SummerSlam review, Finn. I interviewed Adam Cole. Tom Fordy takes a look at the whole three-year Bloodline saga, which is a good companion piece to that. Yeah, um, yeah loads of stuff this month, so hopefully people will check it out. InsideTheRoastMagazine.com Yes, well, the cover—I think the cover's out there, isn't it, Kenny? It is. It's up for pre-order right now, so people can pre-order that, and it's uh, out on, on August sale, August thirty-first. August thirty-first, yes. So, um, there we go. Uh, but yeah, and if you like listening to us, you want to hear more of us, uh, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes is the best place to get us, where you can hear more of us talking about wrestling. So, we hope to hear from you soon. Hear from you. We hope to speak to you again soon. So, um. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.